Hello, and welcome to episode five of Within the Game podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Wexler, and this episode is with beach volleyball legend, Holly McPeak. Holly is a two-time NCAA champion at UCLA, a three-time Olympian in beach volleyball with both silver and bronze medals to her name, and a 72-time career title winner, which is third all-time on the women's side in titles won and second in career earnings for female pro beach volleyball players. She is also a broadcaster, entrepreneur, and podcast co-host. Her podcast is called Sports Like a Boss, where they have captivating conversations with some of the biggest names in sports, television, and entertainment. In this episode, we get a glimpse of Holly's mindset as a competitor, coach, and business owner. She talks about mindfulness, being prepared, staying in the moment, and she also talks about her experiences in the Olympics and how she continues to give back through coaching and sharing stories of other inspiring athletes. Holly inspires me not only because of her amazing accomplishments, but because of the way that she chooses to carry herself and how she lives her life. It's always with a sense of progress and positivity. I hope you enjoy this episode and please don't forget to subscribe, comment and share. Thanks. All right, I'm here with the one and only Holly McPeak. Holly, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Uh, oh my gosh, your resume is so stacked. I'll try to make it quick. A state champion at Miracosta, two-time national champion at UCLA, one as a player, one as an assistant coach, third all-time in Pro Beach tournaments, three-time Olympian, including a bronze medal in 2004 with Elaine Young's, International Volleyball Hall of Fame, uh, owner and coach of Elite Beach Volleyball Club in Manhattan Beach, a mentor and a mom, uh, also the co-host of Sports Like a Boss podcast, the one and only Holly McPeak. Thanks again, Holly. Well, thank you. Gosh, yeah. I'm feeling good right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're going to jump right into it. The first question I have for you is, what does living an inspired life mean to you? Ooh, living an inspired life. Well, it's important to do something you're passionate about. So getting up every morning, feeling passionate about what you do, energized. Uh, every morning I wake up, I'm energized because I love what I do. First of all, I love being a mom. Um, that's my number one priority and a wife and uh, to my family. And then being able to help people, uh, inspire people, teach people, coach people. Um, not only through Elite Beach Volleyball Club, um, I'm also, I also privately coach people. Um, but I feel like through our podcast, we're really able to inspire people by sharing other people's stories. I'm inspired. And the, kind of the reason we started the podcast is because we were learning all these stories and we're like, we want to share it with other people. I mean, what's this knowledge if you can't share it? So I think Absolutely. all of these things um, help lead you to live an inspired life, feeling motivated, passionate about what you do. And if you're in a situation where you're not feeling that way, switch it up. I love that. I love that, Holly. Um, how do you stay inspired outside of the game? And, you know, and, and, I, and, and you can take that as a player and a coach. Well, I'm, I'm just inspired every day for so many different reasons. I love like inspirational quotes. I find them all the time on Instagram and I share them because, I mean, there's so much to get excited about in life. As an athlete, um, you know, I don't compete anymore as a professional athlete, but at the same time, I love working out. I love taking care of myself. I love getting active. I love taking my son for a walk. We actually just got out of the pool. We swam uh, hard for about an hour. So it was fun, but you know, I think whatever you do, you want to be a good one, right? That's one, that's something that's really important. Whatever you do, like during quarantine, oh my gosh, I've always cooked and I cook a lot for my family, but now I can try new recipes. It's a chance for me to get better, expand my menus or my different options. So, you know, being inspired at whatever you do as somebody who loves to travel, like I do, I love when I go somewhere, I want to explore. I want to see the best restaurants, the beautiful sites. I love hiking, exploring nature. I mean, I just, I look at things, I guess, as an opportunity. Um, and this little pause in our lives, it's an opportunity. Yes, it's unfortunate in some ways, but it's an opportunity in others. And I think if you're inspired and motivated and find ways to improve yourself, improve your life, help others, then it's all beneficial. I really love that, Holly. You know, something that came to mind when you said that during this quarantine is 
for me, I took it as a chance to reinvent myself. I think I heard that from someone on some Instagram live. Um, does that resonate with you? Well, I don't feel like that exactly, but I, I feel like, yes, better myself for sure. I, I, you know, prior to quarantine, I was working out at Orange Theory three times a week. I was on the Peloton the other days. I was playing volleyball one day. Now I'm in my home gym and on my Peloton every day. And I feel like I'm working out more. Um, so it's a chance for me to get more fit if I can, you know, I, and it feels good. Um, and just to mix things up. Sometimes, you know, everybody likes a routine is uncomfortable. Well, not everybody, but most people, and they get comfortable. You know what? We're being pushed outside our comfort zone, and that's where they say the magic happens. So I'm opening myself up to those opportunities and, and just trying to make the best of it. Love that. So this whole uh, project is called The Tools Within, and it's all about tools for the youth athletes. So I want to I wanna bring you to practice for a second, and you can think back to your time as a competitor or now as a coach. Um, what does having an inspired practice mean to you? Practice is so important. Practice is one of the things I love. I love the preparation, the things that it takes to prepare to succeed. You know, John Wooden has a lot of quotes about preparing to succeed. Um, but being mindful at practice, um, like that. you're not going to practice to just listen to what the coach says. Yes, you have to listen to them and you should. But you also want to be aware of your game, aware of how your game affects others, aware of the touch, aware of areas that you can improve. Those kind of things are what you would call, I guess, being an inspired athlete, a mindful athlete. That's one of the things we tell our athletes a lot. Be mindful. Come to practice and, and focus on something. Be mindful of every rep. It's a chance to get better. Every practice is a chance to get better. Do you think anybody thought that their last day of practice was going to be their last day of practice or competition <laughs> right. prior to this happening? I'll, I certainly didn't. Right. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's, it, it's being mindful and being motivated to be the best you can be and every opportunity counts. Every touch counts. Love that. Uh, let's talk about the flip side of that. What about an uninspired practice? What does that mean? And, and, and what are some tools that you can offer that an athlete can use in that moment when they're feeling uninspired to bounce right back and to become inspired? Well, you know, in a lot of different ways, sometimes when you're uninspired or, or not feeling right about practice, sometimes it's important to listen to your body. Other times it, it's important to step back and say, okay, why? Why am I feeling this way? Um, if they're distracted by outside stuff, which happens a lot, I mean, life gets in the way, whether it's school, boyfriends, family, you name it, stress. There's a lot right. of stress in life. One of the beautiful things about a sport or stepping onto that court is it, it's all over there. You just forget about it and you get to play. So that's, you step back and you realize that and you say, okay, is it beneficial for me to go out? leave all this stress behind and get a good workout, get all those endorphins running, which will energize and alleviate stress. Or should I listen to my body and do something else? Um, sometimes that's the right answer. Not often, but sometimes it is. So listening to your body is really important when you are feeling uninspired. And I'll tell you, you know, I was a pro for 20 years and I can't even remember one practice where I was feeling uninspired because I wanted to get better every day. I mean, I, I might be weird in that way, but that's how I felt. I felt like I was blessed. I mean, I got to play beach volleyball for a living and travel the world. Can I mean, can you imagine how lucky? Right. Well, super lucky, but also that's a product of your own attitude, right? I mean, you, you chose to have that attitude in every single one of those practices and games, right? Yeah, that's true. It, it's, it's a choice you make. Um, you know, I hear athletes complain about this, complain about that, and it's just like, uh, I, I, the complaints, I just shut them off. I'm like, I like you that. know, I, what's the point? Yeah. Really? I, like I mean, if you're complaining and you can't play, then don't play. <laughs> right. The complaining doesn't help anything. It affects the energy. It affects the practice. And I can't stand excuses. Excuses mm -hmm. drive me nuts. You and me both. Um, yeah. let's, let, let's talk about games because practices and games are definitely different. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, what does having an inspired game mean to you? Well, an inspired game is going out, loving what you do, embracing the challenge, whatever it is, and attacking it, going for it. 
you have nothing to lose. You know, uh, I, even if you're a champ, if you're the underdog, it doesn't matter. You get, to, first of all, you get to compete. How fun is competing? Right. And then, you know, just going out, leaving it all on the table. And, and why not? It, it, that's how you have an inspired game or, you know, tournament or whatever it is. And same question right in the middle of a game. Again, you can answer it as a competitor or an ath- or, or a coach. If you're uninspired in that game, you don't have too much time, right? You call a timeout, you could, do, you could take a deep breath, but can you offer any other tools that could snap you back to an inspired place in that game? Yeah, you know, I guess med- meditation, mental strength, um, being, if, for one, you can get distracted, a partner can get injured. Uh, I mean, there's, oh, you could get injured. There's all sorts of different things that can happen that can affect your concentration and your focus in a game. And you have to find a way to bring it back, whether it's stepping off the court and changing your energy, whether it's, you know, a quiet moment of meditation where you just let whatever the negative energy is or the distraction go, whatever that is, uh, you need to find that. Uh, that's your job as an athlete. And if you can't, you know, you're going to be in big trouble. I, I mean, I had to play in 2000. Um, well, I didn't have to. I got to play with Misty May. But during that period, she was injured for a, a long period of time. She had a torn abdominal muscle. And instead of freaking it out, I said, look, we don't have to play, Misty. But if you want to, I'm here to support you. We can make it work. And she's like, let's keep trying to play. And we did, and I didn't freak out, and we played within our ability, and we were able to win tournaments and qualify for the Olympic Games. So a lot, a lot of good things can happen if you work together and use positive energy, even when you're challenged. Love it. So let's carry that further for a second. So how does the feeling of an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game? It, well, in, inspired practices help prepare you for competition and that's how you play an inspired game or match i mean you've prepared for this you've put in all the hard work and you have the confidence to go out and give it your best and those go hand in hand you know some people say oh i'm not a practice player guess what practice is important you're preparing to compete it's not like you're going to just be able to flip a switch every match and have a great match so um, I, I, I believe it's really important that every practice prepares you to have that inspired match, that high performance that you want. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate that because, you know, every athlete, every coach does have a different relationship with practice and competition. You know, some people like to use practices for experimenting. Some people like to get really competitive in practice. Um, but that's why I asked that question, because, you know, the inspired game is kind of what you what you're remembered for, you know, um, especially if you yeah. win. Um, and, but that mechanism of carrying over from that practice to the game, I think is super important. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think about it and it's funny because Michael Gervais, he's a sports psychologist who I love. And every time I listen to any of his podcasts or read his book, whatever, it's inspiring. Shout out Michael Um, Gervais. Yeah. You know, it's, he talked about the three areas of, of a sport that you can prepare for the three ways you can prepare for a sport. One is the physicality of it, the weightlifting, the sprints, the whatever you need to get your body in the best shape to compete in that sport. Two is the skill work, what you do at practice, the passing, the setting, the repetitions, the dropping off the net. And the third was the mental side. And I think the mental side is neglected because it's like, how do you grasp the mental side? And what you need and what I need might be totally different. But I do think it's an area of athlete's performance that is um, anorexic. It doesn't get enough. People don't know how to get the tools. And I think during this quarantine, during this break, it's a great time to, hey, let's explore that. It's about because I think it's a really special part of the game. And a lot of the athletes that we talk to don't even like start learning about it till they're in college. And so all through their, their you know, juniors and, and high school and the beginning of their college, they don't know the tools. They kind of know what works, but they don't know why. Um, so it's an area that I think could really be uh, practiced, focused on, taught more. I completely agree. And that's exactly why I'm doing this project. So that's a really great transition to the next question I have for you, which is all about mindset. And, and Michael Gervais, again, shout out because, you know, he, he is amazing. 
Um, and I'd love to have them on here one day too. Um, but let's talk about mindset. Let's talk about your mindset. Uh, you know, just give us a glimpse of what it might look like pregame, during game and post game. And you can also throw training sessions in there too. Give us a glimpse of the Holly McPeak mindset. Well, I mean, my mindset is I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I'm, I'm practicing to get better so I can help my team win. I mean, that's my focus. And, right. um, you know, I love to compete. Um, I'm intense. Um, it, it's interesting. I'm, wa- I'm watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I'm sure right. you yeah. might be too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the intensity and the push and the focus that he had, people didn't like it. Right. But sometimes you need that. I mean, you don't, especially in women's sports, you can't be mean, but you got to figure out how to motivate people. Um, you know, volleyball is not an individual sport. So you need to figure out a way to work well with your partner. Um, and sometimes that, not, that isn't easy and, and, and the whole sports psychology of it. And so that's part of what you do mindset. You need, not only do you have to be on the same page with your partner, but you have to work together. You know, you both can be great, but if you're not working together, you're not a great team. So my mindset is like trying to make all this work and I, you know, block out distractions, um, and get as focused as I can on, on what our goal is as a team. Love it. Can we get a glimpse of your, some of your self-talk during the play? Self-talk is always positive. Always. Um, next play. Hey, I, I missed that one. I got the next one. Uh, you know, next, it's always next play. Um, I know I'm very aware when I make a mistake or I don't do something great, boom, but it's gone. I can't do anything about it. It's right. done. So it's the next play. And usually I'm talking about what I can do better, you know, and oh, uh, like if that. my partner's struggling, okay, you know, he, here's how I can help you. This is open, attack this. This is what they're doing against you. So finding a way to help them. Um, but it's always proactive um for one and then positive love it um i don't have this written down but it's coming to my head right now you you know you've played in some of the uh like you played in front of some of the biggest crowds how do you deal with crowd uh like the the noise of the crowd the energy of the crowd as a performer and what the mindset is performing for those people yeah well i don't think about it like that i'm going out there to do one thing and that's play and that's what i'm focused on whatever is happening on the court that around us is the energy uh whether it's booing clapping whatever i hear it as a collective energy supporting us athletes um and i don't i don't even let that get to me at all i mean i i was very shy growing up i i mean the thought of playing in front of those that amount of people in your bikini is probably terrifying for 99.9% of the women in the world. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, when I was an athlete and I'm in my uniform, that doesn't even matter because I'm out there for one reason, and that's to compete at the highest level for what I train to do. Love it. Uh, let's stay on mindset for one more, one more uh, minute. Let's talk about stoppage time. There's so much stoppage time, especially in volleyball, but all sports. How do you manage your mindset during the stoppage time? Are you reflecting on the last play? Are you creating the next play in your head? Are you just trying to catch your breath? Is it a combo of all that? How do you do, how do you utilize stoppage time? Yeah, I really don't reflect on what's happened in the past. Unless I'm processing information. Hey, that girl's cut the ball five times in a row and it's dropped. Okay. Then you process that information and you change your game plan. You can't keep letting that same play. That's the only time when I kind of reflect on what's happened. Um, in terms of next play, slowing my breath, getting ready for the next play, and focusing my energy on bring it, let's go, next play, and, and getting your, all your energy focused on that one play. Not two plays down the road, that specific play. Love it. Let's move into emotion, Holly. What are the differences and similarities in emotion from both an inspired practice and an inspired game? You know, I mean, the emotions vary from player to player. Right. I was kind of like a focused player. I wasn't like, you know, all elated all the time, but I love to have fun. Winning for me was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, complain, 
competing and playing at a really high level, that was fun. Executing at a high level, what we did in practice every week when we could do it in competition, for me, that was so fun. Um, I mean, I like a level kind of, you know, emotional uh, even keel. keeled. That's, yeah. Yeah. Even keel. That's kind of my style, but it's different for everybody. I played with uh, players who love to get fired up and when they got fired up, they played better. So it's just kind of an individual thing. Agree. What, what, what can you, uh, what can you, like, what kind of advice can you give to someone who's struggling with emotional management during practices and games? Cause I know it's definitely a part of it for all kinds of athletes. Yeah, emotional management is really important. I think that's something that you can meditate and visualize. And, and that's where you can gain tools um, that can help you control that. Those are the, that's the mental part of the game that if you see that as a roadblock, you learn how to make that work for you and find tools so that you can avoid having it affect you in a negative way. Yep. Love that. Um, how does the inspired feeling transcend one's sport and carry over to their personal life? Well, I think, you know, like I said earlier, uh, you know, anytime you're inspired and passionate about what you're doing, you're, you're going to do a great job because you're proud of what you're doing. You're passionate about what you're doing and you feel like it's important. Uh, if you're not into it, I mean, I see a lot of young athletes who are uh, they, they want something out of the sport and it's not necessarily their passion and they don't necessarily want to be there at practice. And I, the, I see those players kind of fall off the wayside as they get, you know, down the road in their high school careers, because when it's not your passion, I think it shows up. I, I think right. it becomes apparent. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, let's move into flow. Can you identify when you are in the game in the flow? or in the zone? Oh, I love the zone. I asked Michael Gervais. That's one of the things I asked. Like, how can we get in the zone as an athlete? I mean, that's all you want to do is get in the zone and where you feel like you're the games played in slow motion and you can read everything and, you know, everything is happening at exactly how you want it to happen. Um, I can definitely identify it. I can't control when it happens. But the more I train and prepare to play like that, the more it happens. So that's one of the reasons why I like training hard because I wanted to be in the zone where I could just do, do no wrong or close to that. Um, and that was what was so much fun about being an elite athlete. Can you bank that feeling in practice? Let's say you find the flow in practice. Can you like, like put it away and then access it later? No. <laughs> I wish I could, uh, but, but it, it's in the bank. It felt good. I, I enjoyed it, um, but I wished if you could call upon it whenever you wanted to, we'd all be like up here somehow. <laughs> Michael Gervais didn't even know how to get there. He said, but it's what we all strive for. Right. What tools do you have to get back in when you're not in the flow in the moment of competition? Well, I'd like to simplify, you know, there's matches where I'm not doing what I should be doing or not playing at the level I, uh, I can. And so I go back to simplifying and that's one touch at a time. Uh, whether it's, you know, my first contact, my second contact, tracking the ball, simplify just the next contact. That's all I'm thinking about. And I think when you do that, it kind of brings your focus more narrow Right. Uh, and, and it helps you get back on track and get in that flow. Love that. Let's you know, there's about... a difference between for me being in the zone and playing great. I mean, you can, yeah. you can play great and still not be in the zone. Um, but being in the zone is when you're like, wow, you right. feel great on both sides of the ball. Everything's fantastic. Do, like, do you have memories of actually being in the zone or is it just kind of like it just went by and you were like, whoa, what was that? Um, I don't have specific memories, but I know, you know, I know what it felt like and I know it happened not often, but you know, when I was in my peak and dominating and winning a lot of tournaments, I felt like, uh, it happened a lot then. Um, you know, but it wasn't always easy to access, but I definitely remember what it felt like. It was spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't want sure. the match to end cause it was so much fun. Mm, I love that. 
I love that. Uh, let's move on to sources. Um, I think you mentioned this before, but let's talk about it again. Where do you get inspiration from, Holly? I get inspiration from all sorts of things. People from all walks of life. Um, it doesn't have to be an athlete. It can be somebody who's doing something amazing um, in our society. Um, I get inspired by people who do things um, to make others' lives better. Um, there's a book called The Moment of Lift by Melinda Gates. I think she's amazing. I didn't really know anything about her. Um, but the way she's helping women around the world in, in like third world countries, um, changing society. You know, it's these people who are living on the fringes of society and she really works hard to educate them and give them the tools so that they can be elevated. And that elevates the entire culture because women are so important as mothers and, and caretakers of the family for the most part, not in every culture, but in, in most. Um, so I'm inspired by people who do amazing things and who are kind and give back and think outside the box. And I mean, there's so many different walks of life, people who inspire me. Um, yeah. But, and it's also the, the little kid who's, you know, selling lemonade to give to a needy family. So it, it comes from all different areas in my life. Hey there, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to give our first sponsor a shout out. This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com and on Instagram with handle at westcoastvbc. Back to the show. It's so great to hear the, you know, the more people, the more inspired people I talk to, like yourself, like the more they say that they get inspiration everywhere. And it, for me, it comes back to choice, right? Like you're choosing to find inspiration everywhere. Like, and that's so awesome that to me, like that's what it's all about. And that's what I'm trying to teach the next generation is find it everywhere. Even find it in the negative, the quote unquote negative things. There's inspiration there too, right? Yeah, it's interesting because you start to feel sorry for the people who are negative and complaining and the aggressive drivers who are honking and yelling. You know, I, I feel sorry for them. I, I don't let that get me. Uh, but again, yeah, you're learning, you're learning, um, what inspires you and how you don't want to act. And, and you know what, they're probably having a rough day, something's stressing them out. And, you know, you let people off the hook because you know, uh, that you want to look at the bright side always. Mm. Look at the bright side. I love that. Okay. Let's move into the lightning round, Holly. Um, okay. how do you define success and what does being successful mean to you? Success is working hard, being mindful and thorough in your preparation and your work towards achieving your goal. That's success. I mean, do you have to make a lot of money to be successful? Not necessarily. Um, your goal can be something else, but giving it your all, attacking it with um, all your tools and, and approaching it and, and putting the energy in. I think a lot of people want to be successful, but they don't put the energy and the work in uh, to do it. They do uh, this, this much, and it's not that. It's everything. If you're passionate about something and you want to be successful, um, you have to really embrace it all the way around and, and go for it. And if you're doing that and you love it, that to me is success. Mm, I love that. This idea of choice keeps coming back to back to me when I talk to you, because I feel like you just choose that mindset every day. Like, do you just wake up and just be like, I'm going to be successful today? <laughs> well, I think you have to. I think, you know, happiness yeah. is a mindset. Uh, my husband is a huge proponent of gratitude. He is grateful and positive every day and energized. He wants to get better in everything he does. I mean, like, I'm positive and grateful, but he, he's on another level. So I think he inspires me. And, you know, they, they say the tribe, the people you surround yourself with are so important. Um, you yes. know, whether it's your friends growing up, um, you know, your teammates, your coaching, the coaching group that you put around you, all those things are really important. It's important to have positive people around you that are motivated because there's people who are insecure who don't want to see you succeed. And those right. are the people you leave, you know, leave behind and move on. 
Right. Um, so it's really important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, positive, and, and want the best for you. That's so important. Well, that's why you're here right now. So <laughs> Good. how do you consider the idea of failure? <sighs> failure. Well, failure is when you don't make a great effort um, at something. You know, I look back and most everything that I worked hard for, even if I didn't achieve the goal, um, I don't think about it as failure because I gave it my all. I mean, that's, that's not failing, even though I was not able to achieve the goal. Um, you know, not doing the things I needed to do to achieve something that's failure because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Um, and there's a reason for that. Maybe I wasn't passionate about the outcome I was trying to get. Um, maybe it was, I was in the wrong situation and it didn't feel like my passion. I was not all in. Um, uh. and you know, sometimes you get caught up in those situations and, and that happens. And, you know, but I, I also believe that whatever that is, you learn from it. Why, why did I treat that differently that I treat everything else in my life? It, maybe it wasn't that important to me. Um, so I think failures can be a lesson and nobody likes to fail, but they're, they're lessons in life that are really important. You know, I love winning. I did not like losing, but I also, after a loss, I went back and said, okay, what can I do better? How do I win next time? And, you know, I never gave that up. Awesome. You actually mentioned, you know, not being all in. I wrote that down because that's, I feel like so many people, including myself, um, there are certain areas of our lives where we're not all in. And I think we could probably put a little bit more attention to those areas and try to be more all in in those areas. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, it's hard to be all in in a lot of different areas. Um, but if you're going to tackle something, you do want to give it the proper attention. Um, I, there was somebody who was trying recently to get me into a business uh, situation during this time. And I was like, at, at first I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know what? I know personally that I'm not going to give this all my attention. It's not, I don't want to get in a situation where I can't do that because that doesn't feel good. I don't like letting people down. Um, I like, you know, helping people. I like being a very productive member of a team. And if I can't be, then I can't be involved. It, you seem like such a yes person. And part of being a yes person is being able to say no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because yes, yes, I am grateful and I'm positive. But at the same time, I definitely, if there's something I don't want to be involved in, I will not say yes. I will say thank you for the opportunity, but no, thank you. Love that. What are the most successful habits that you do on a consistent basis? I, I would say discipline, you know, in whatever it is, uh, you know, being mindful and being disciplined. Those things um, have really served me well, whatever it is, whether it's my TV work, whether it's my coaching, whether it's my preparation, whether it's how I train athletes, those things are really important. It, even the, as an athlete, I was very disciplined. Um, I, thrive in a disciplined environment where um, things are a little bit systematic. I like doing things and, and, and being thorough. And that's really important for me. And then also being aware, okay, is this beneficial? You know, am I doing something that's not that beneficial and I can get better? I mean, for Elite Beach Volleyball, our club, um, you know, we've been in business already seven years, but every year we try and improve upon the business. And I think that's really important. We're not just happy with what, I mean, we are very proud of what we've accomplished, but we also want to continue to get better. And we have calls every week. Like, how can we get better? And I think that feels good because we're not just sitting still. We're like, okay, let's focus on some new things that we can improve on. And that's when you get outside your comfort zone and you grow. Mm, love that. Uh, so every guest that comes on this podcast, um, I've come up with a word that tries to describe that person. So I was watching some of your old, you know, um, uh, you know, clips of games and, and successes and, you know, being a, a, sh a shorter player, cause that's what I am too. Um, the word that I came up with was gritty. 
because I could just see this grit in your I game. I love that word. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, my, my husband says that too. Really? Oh, that's cool. Gritty that's... or relentless. I'll take it. Yeah. Relentless is another one. Um, but more, the more I talk with you, the other word that comes up is mindful. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I try to be. I think that's a really important part of life, being mindful, being aware. Yeah. Well, my next question is what's more, what, What's one word that best describes you and why? Gosh. <laughs> I, I, I like the word you picked for me because I, I think, you know, gritty, hardworking, um, hard to pick one. Right, it is. It, it's really hard to pick one because I'm, I'm a complex person with lots of different parts of me, you know. Um, but I'll take gritty because I'm, okay. I'm willing to work hard I'm willing to do what it takes, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, and so I think that defines me because that comes, you know, that's across the board, you know, right now I'm a, I'm a teacher, a third grade teacher. And sometimes, oh, I I, well, I mean, for my son. Oh, oh got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, you know, in quarantine, quarantine teacher. Third grade, <laughs> yes. And um, so you know, sometimes we are butting heads because he does not want to do the writing journal. Right. I'm like, look, we need to do this. And, you know, so we have to figure out ways to get it done. And I, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. I love it. Um, okay. Just, just a few more here for you. What is the most important lesson that has helped shape who you are today? Important lesson. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I was growing up as a young athlete, um, it started probably at Maricosta, but Daly Aldrich was the head coach there at the high school, and she ran a storied program. They were legendary, won every CIF title. It was a big deal to be part of this volleyball program. Right. And I was a good athlete, made the team as a freshman, and the things that we learned being part of the Maricosta Beach Volleyball – sorry, not beach volleyball, Maricosta Volleyball Program, it was indoor. Got it. Um, were discipline determination, dedication. What does that look like? What does it get you? Um, I don't think prior to that, I knew what that kind of focus, those kind of rules, that kind of um, family, teamwork. I don't think I knew what it meant. Um, but the first day of practice, there were girls throwing up and sprinting because they were working so hard because they respected our coach and they wanted to do whatever it took to be a part of this team and I was like whoa this is intense <laughs> um, but I learned that I really thrived in that type of a disciplined environment and I try and put myself in that situation because it, for me it feels comfortable everybody's on the same page all the expectations are the same and and people tend to succeed because nobody you can't slack in that type of an environment and I like that um, and I think I kind of took that with me and then like would add some other parts of the lessons that I learned in life uh, to that. And, and it really helped me, you know, get to where I was, you know, learning how, how I like to train, discipline, hard work, train harder than anybody else, do what it took to win. So I think all those things kind of shaped me growing up. Yeah. It seems like it. embracing intensity comes to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I loved it. And, and, you know, when I was a senior at UCLA, um, Andy Banikowski, the head coach then, was the same way. If you're one minute late, you're running sprints. If you were hurt or sick, you were sitting on the, on the side watching practice. Um, you were part of the team. We were all working together towards the same goal. Um, and I think a lot of girls learned some really important lessons. All of us did, you know. And to this day, and it's been a long time since I was at UCLA, mm -hmm. uh, we're on a group text together that's and we awesome touch base and we have all, all of us have kids well, not all of us but most of us um and it's fun but when you're connected with people like that um you've worked hard committed all this time sweat and energy towards a certain goal the bond is pretty darn amazing yeah i agree it's that's awesome um so answer this question as a player and a coach what is the biggest challenge uh that you've been on on your journey the biggest challenge. 
the biggest challenge as a player was just, you know, trying to find a way to do my best, whatever it was. I was an undersized player indoors and I had to figure out a way to make the players around me play their best. Uh, How do I make them better? How do I make up for my weaknesses? Maybe I'm not the biggest block, but I technically, I was a good blocker. I was pressing over the net low and tight. Um, so if you're hitting in my direction, you better try and go over the top or forget about it. Um, <laughs> as a coach, um, I, I feel like the training part of it, the skill breakdown, the uh, workouts, putting players through practice, I feel like I, I feel like I can um, run really solid practices and prepare these athletes to succeed. My frustration and my challenges usually come from the mental breakdowns that they have in a game that are hard for me to teach and share. Um, I share my experiences, but they need to train that part of the game. And again, that's where that mental preparation comes in that we talked about earlier. Um, I can only do so much as a coach. Uh, I can share my experiences. I can share some of the tools, but you know, that's where a lot of the challenges come for me as a coach. You, uh, do you see focus as being a bit a, a challenge for some of your athletes? Cause I see it for some of my athletes and I call it the Instagram generation or the device generation because that, that focus is always in that phone. Right. I mean, do you see that as well? Um, yeah, it could, it, it could be focus or it's focusing on the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> they might be focusing on the outcome, but not boom, 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 boom all mm-hmm. the things you have to do to get that outcome. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a variety of different things, but that's why I think it's even more important now that these athletes have the tools. Mm-hmm. Agree. How important is the idea of having impact to you? Well, I think impact in terms of impact on athletes' lives. Sure. Or, or just in general. Um, well, I, I mean, gosh, I, I feel like paying it forward, um, helping these young athletes learn the right way at a young age, because learning the right skills and technique early just helps prepare them for success. Um, so I really enjoy teaching players and hopefully impacting, uh, their careers, but, um, you know, I, I do it because I, I enjoy it and I love it and I, you know. Nothing better than being out in the sand, helping young athletes really, you know, achieve their goals or help them get better or help them have skill breakthroughs. It's really enjoyable. Amen to that. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received and why from who? Gosh, I can't. I I don't really, I can't think of one particular thing. I mean, Yeah. yeah, I've learned so much along the way from so many different people. Um, but you know, never letting people tell you what you can't do. Uh, that's one of my number ones. I mean, I, I never listened to people who said I was too short, that I could never win a tournament. Don't listen. Don't let people put limitations on you. And, and then the other thing that I, to this day, I, it's something you hear a lot, but it affects everything you do. Don't compare yourself to others it's, it's never a good thing, you know, be the best you, you can be, you know, you're completely different than everybody else. So that's really important as well. I think Uh they say comparison is the thief of joy or something like that. There's some great famous quote, but it's true. It it doesn't behoove anybody to compare themselves to one another, the path they're on, the trajectory, the career, the job, the house, any of it. That's awesome. Uh, what's that quote? Uh, I, I, I just want to, I just want to basically beat myself who is, uh, how's it go? I want to be better than I was yesterday. That's who I'm in competition with myself who yesterday, I can't remember. I I just butchered that really bad, but that's okay. But But I I know what you're saying. And I, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just be a better version of yourself. You never want to, you know, I, as a young athlete, um, I did compare myself to others, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad. I, you know, I kind of learned that lesson as I went on. Guess what? I can't be tall and skinny like her. I'm not. <laughs> I'm five seven, and I'm very muscular. It's not going to happen. So embrace what you have mm. and make the best of it. Mm. Awesome. What is your ultimate why? 
my ultimate why, like as in my purpose. Your ultimate why. You could, yeah, you could talk about your purpose, sure. The ultimate why is, that's, that's a challenging question. I, you know, I feel like I'm here to teach people, inspire people. Um, I feel like I was very blessed to have an amazing career as an athlete. So in, in some respect, that's kind of my path, showing my passion for the sport. Um, that's why I like TV, because I like to kind of connect the fans to the young athletes and the sport. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, beach volleyball is a fantastic sport, as is indoor. I'm passionate about both of them. So I feel like that's kind of my why. I, I found my passion in sports and volleyball, and, and you know now I'm trying to pass it on to others. Love it. Looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you could change and why? I think your journey is your journey for a reason. I mean, there's a ton of heartbreak. There's a ton of success. Um, but, you know, obviously I wish I could have had three gold medals. But, you know, they say it's not about the destination. It's about your journey. And, and I had a journey with, you know, a lot of heartbreak. But at the end, I was able to finish on the Olympic podium in Athens. And, and that was really rewarding. And, and now I get to give back to the sport and help girls get into college and fulfill their dreams and, and something I really enjoy. Beautiful. Uh, being a product of UCLA, which I am as well, I'm sure you're familiar with the wooden pyramid of success. Of course. Right. Um, where is he? He's right. Oh, there he is. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember that pyramid? And, and if, if there was anything that maybe stuck out to you from that pyramid, I have it right here. I don't know if the glare the glare the might glare, be a lot. I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, competitive Sorry, greatness is at the top, but um, uh, industriousness, friendship, loyalty, cooperation. I mean, he, he's got so many things up here and I saw it every day, you know, walking into that gym. Um, did, it, did anything stick with you from that pyramid? I, or, I loved or, all of it. I think yeah. it's all important. You know, being, being a good teammate is so mm. important it, and it's not just important as an athlete, it's, it's important in life. You're, you're a member of a team as a family. You know, every member is a part of a team. It's teamwork, working together as a family. And not, whether it's your volleyball team, uh, whether it's the office or the company you work for, you, you want to be a good teammate. You want to, Love that. Um, it's really important. I mean, that's why sports and the lessons we learn from sports are so much bigger. I mean, the, you know, the, I think there's a survey that says that um, 80% of the women CEOs of big companies in the world were former athletes. And there's a reason why. I mean, you learn so many amazing tools through sports, whether it's um, confidence. Confidence is huge. You get confidence through sports. And then, you know, learning to compete, uh, mm-hmm. learning to overcome, you know, challenging obstacles, uh, learning to work well with others. That's... <laughs> not always easy. So all these things are important skills that you learn from sports. Totally. Yeah. Confidence is right up there next to competitive greatness on the second row. Yeah. So I love confidence. That's yeah. awesome. So I was, I was inspired to create the pyramid of inspired living from his uh, pyramid of success. And basically for me, you know, that's my goal at the end of the day, I love to win as well, but um, inspired living on a, on a day-to-day basis, moment to moment basis. And that's, kind of the idea of this project here. So, um, you know, if there's any other things that you'd like to uh, just offer in terms of a tool, um, you know, for an inspired living, you know, is there anything that comes to mind for, for specifically for the youth athlete? I mean, you shared quite a bit already, but just. Yeah. I mean, that, that I haven't said, no, not really. I mean, yeah. Confidence, learning to not compare yourself to one another, being the best you you can be. Yeah. Um, and then obviously being mindful and, yeah. and being deliberate about following your, or following or trying to achieve your goals. Yeah. Those are really important. And, and a lot of people have issues with follow through. Right. And if they can't follow through, figure out why. I like that. I like that. Would you recommend every athlete to create something like this for themselves? And the reason why I'm asking that is I think it's important to know where you're going, you know, whether it's the Olympics or it's inspired living, but you just kind of have to have a compass. Would you recommend that athletes make something like that for themselves? The pyramid? 
it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a pyramid. It could be well, a, I'm a some sort of framework. In goal setting. Yeah. I mean, whether that's long-term, short-term, you know, even this week, what, what can I do better this week? And, and, you know, that goal setting is some attainable goals and then some, you know, some push goals as well. I think that's really important um, that you have something that you're striving for. And so you have a purpose right. if you're passionate about it, you know, if you're not, then it's different. Right. <laughs> but if you're passionate, you, you enjoy that goal setting part of the preparation. Totally. Totally. Okay. Last question, Holly. Um, talk to me about fulfillment. What does fulfillment mean to you? I think being fulfilled comes from doing whatever you needed to do. You know, whatever your goals were, if you were disciplined and you worked hard and you um, did everything you needed to do, I, even if you don't reach that goal, I think you're fulfilled, that you gave it your all. And, and that's the feeling that it's important. If you're trying to um, reach some sort of goal and you don't do all those things, you're not fulfilled because you haven't done what it takes to, to enjoy that success. Even, like I said, even if you don't reach that goal, at least you can say, guess what? I gave it 100%. I gave it my all. I didn't leave anything on the table. And that's a fulfilling feeling. And that's in whatever you do. It doesn't have to be sports. That's awesome. Holly, wow, that was amazing. Um, can you just share real quick how people can find you, Instagram, website, anything like that? Sure. sure. Well, um, my volleyball club, EliteBeachVolleyballClub.com, um, Holly McPeak on Instagram, and also at Sports Like a Boss podcast. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with that. Most recently, we had Shaquille O'Neal. We had April Ross. We had Mia Hamm. Chris Fowler, um, who's on ABC and ESPN. So we've been um, talking to a lot of great people who share their stories and their inspiration. And I, I feel like we keep learning. And that's the fun thing about the podcast. We get to learn people's stories, how they succeeded, what they learned. And we kind of take that with us in our everyday lives, which I've really enjoyed. Amazing. I'm very inspired by you, Holly. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing some, uh, some stories and some mindset. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on Within the Game podcast. Visit withinthegame.com for show notes and links on everything we talked about today. You can also subscribe to the mailing list, which will give you exclusive content from each guest, as well as more resources to help you stay inspired in and out of your game. Follow us on Instagram at Within the Game Podcast.